What's up, guys? Welcome to Triple Threat Talks. I'm Chris. This is Jen. And tonight we are going to be diving into some juicy Hamburger Boy findings. So much juicy stuff. Mm -hmm. But the juiciest part is that we have a special guest on the podcast tonight, which we're so so excited so excited about so uh we're gonna welcome this person on right now and we hope you guys enjoy this episode hello my name is aaron teague and my handle on tiktok unfortunately it is an old school username <laughs> that's from the xbox gamer days so just deal with that but it's exotic teague ttv with a little x on the end because i'm super cool with the exotic <laughs> Do you remember the old Joe Exotic type, the uh, um, the case that was involved in, is it Tiger King? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, Tiger King. Good old Joe. That's where you, oh. is that really where you got your gamer tag from? Yeah, free my <laughs> man Joe Exotic. Stop! <laughs> I can't handle that. That is gold. And That's if one you're... of my favorite things I've heard about you so far. And if you guys are watching on YouTube, we're going to have his name (laughs) on the screen right now. But, like, what the actual F? I'm telling you, you, for the next next Halloween, I'm going out as Joe Exotic. You'll see me in leopard print. You better. (laughs) I'm going to be mad if not. uh, Honestly, I'm going to be out there. So, uh, one thing that just happened right before we started recording was the Alec Alex Murdoch case. Jury has been polled, and the verdict is unanimous. Unanimous guilty verdicts. Oh, thank God. Um, I mean, are we surprised? Like. Hey, I, I texted uh Katie and my mom and I said Alex Murdoch guilty and uh Katie said I know there is some poor kid named Buster and I said Buster is left with everything that they don't take poor Buster and then Katie goes Apple Podcast Triple Threat Talks <laughs> <laughs> I love her. <laughs> the verdict mm-hmm. came in, and I'm really happy about it. What about you guys? Very. I think it's obvious. Yeah, so I was pretty worried that we were going to get a little bit of a hung jury. Just because yeah. I didn't gonna, um, just I didn't know how his case had come across to the jury. I didn't know how they didn't took it. Or, yeah, I just I could, obviously you can't get a read from the jury, so you don't know how to intake what the verdict was going to be. Right. So, yeah, I was pretty stuck on it. For a while thinking it might have been a hung jury but i'm pretty glad that we got a guilty verdict i just didn't feel like prosecution maybe in my eyes did the best job no of putting this whole storyline together wow see i thought for sure i knew he was going to be found guilty and they deliberated for like less than three hours i had no <laughs> doubt in my mind no doubt he just has yeah. too much bad history mm-hmm well, I, I think, know. well, if anyone around that area at that time, especially the jury, if any of them got hands their hands on that Netflix documentary, for sure, there's no two ways about them thinking that he's guilty. With the back catalogue of information and stuff, like, if people do know him like they say they do, hearsay does exist, and it will go round that town. There will be a lot of people that know this 
this kind of like previous information of hearsay um, to do with obviously uh, previous cases, one involving Paul and one involving potentially Buster. So, I mean, it's a strange town. I mean, the jurors would have had to lie about that, too, saying they had nothing. They had no whatever about him. They didn't know anything about him. They didn't know anything about the case. Um, They didn't know anything about these individuals whatsoever. So they were people close to the town that didn't know who Alec was. So I I can, you know, I can actually see people not not knowing who he is. I I think, yeah, there's potential that some people would say that maybe they didn't know him just to be a part of the trial because it was a big trial, not necessarily to back Alec or anything like that, just because, you know, it's one of them crazy trials that if you got got offered it, you'd, you'd want to be a part of it, right? Right. Oh, God, yeah. I would love to sit in on any one of these big trials, and not that I would love to actually watch it unfold, but what's done is done, and I I don't know. I, I love this kind of shit. You know, it gives you the the consensus of finding the right information and understanding for the next kind of like the next case or whatever that you're going to take on or look into. It gives you the understanding, doesn't it? of Being able to look at that and then put it into perspective because you'll understand from like what what you go into a case and see the portrayal of what the media uses, like headlines and narrative and what's actually going to come out in the case will be two completely different things. Mm -hmm. So that would be a good perspective to take on questionable aspect about that would be him being a killer so i mean do you agree aaron i mean i know you've been watching it they it was questionable if they really made him out to be a killer yeah that was the problem but there was some underlying things where obviously you have i mean it's kind of a hard one to put your finger on at the end of the day because i feel like Alec for a long time is going to play the card of I had this massive opioid addiction or massive problem mm-hmm. that my family didn't know about, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et right? He's going to obviously play that card. He specifically says he doesn't remember certain events, yet he remembers specific details that get right. him out of the situation. They don't, but he doesn't remember the other things. When someone's lying or someone's trying to get themselves out of a situation, they have a specific timeline to remember things from ages ago because they've gone over that lie in their head time mm-hmm. and time again. Although they haven't perfected it, they just dig a hole because at some point they're going to find something to poke at them, which makes their story uncredible, which is mm-hmm. obviously happened here. So I think it's hard for Alec to say, oh, I was never near the kennels or I was never near here. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we've got a Snapchat that places you bolt right here. Oh, well, I was there, but then I left and went back to the house. And it's like, okay, but then you've got a specific time of death that you're giving out even though you don't know where the shooter is, you don't know where this is. It, yeah, so it was a really hard one to kind of put put it all together because there was a whole version of events of him not trying to find if anyone was on his property, um, going out looking. There was no trail of anyone being on his property. It was just, it was a bit of a hellhole situation. He kind of paints himself in a sort of way of just this, low caliber nobody's watching me nobody's saying anything i'm just this docile southern man Mm -hmm. but when you really dig in deep and i mean you know watching the documentary 
Yeah, I was going to wow. say. Are you talking These about the language are... used by Alec? Powerful. I mean, honest, honestly, like extremely powerful. How was his son, Paul, not in custody in the first place for potentially murdering someone and not that he maybe intentionally murdered this person, but he was the one driving, mm-hmm. he was the one doing this, that, the other. How are they so powerful that they get away with all these sort of things and his background in in law? He knows exactly what to say, you know, and I, I, I think he's a con artist, a narcissist, and he has built his entire life off of being this way. And I think it goes deep generation after generation. So he knows exactly what to say when he's sitting in that courtroom and snotting out of his goddamn nose. I mean, the way that he used language to describe Stephen was pretty disgusting. Yeah. So, like, obviously you're not going to get the real person that everyone else got the picture of seeing at home and, like, he's not going to come into a courtroom, is he, and start being like that. He's got a character and a role to play. And I think it was quite hard for him because I don't think he's built in that manner. Like, I think he's just playing this role. And I think he actually found it quite hard. That's why we didn't see, like, a lot of emotion or managed to get, like, a crazy read of emotion because he wasn't he wasn't himself. Do you know what I mean? He's not an emotional person. If you could kill no. your son and your wife, you just don't give a shit about anybody except for yourself. And I think that he was trying to pay his son Buster off. Buster. Yeah. More like leave the legacy behind kind of thing. That's what I, I was think thinking, he, too. He knows that mm-hmm. he was going to get for the uh yep he wanted to leave him with as much as he could yeah i think he knew he was going to get up for the financial problems and i think that his best bet out of that was to literally try and well he's done the craziest move possible but yeah i believe that everything was all the assets and everything he was going to try and leave behind to buster to keep the family name in some sort of um regard but the way that he's le- he's now left the murdoch name is crazy to think that you've had generation of generation of person like carry that name, go through law, and you've got to end in such a horrific fashion with Alec. It's quite mad, to be honest. That, doesn't it make you wonder how many times this has happened, generation after generation? Mm-hmm. Well, isn't it? Is it Randall? Yeah, Ra- Randolph Murder. Uh, Randolph Murder. Murder. I can't even say that name. But yeah, Randolph Murder. Thank he's you. the <laughs> father, isn't he? To Paul, and he's the father um, to Alec Murder. And obviously he's been there throughout the whole time. So basically when a, when that case happened with Stephen, where he was found on the side of the road, and Buster oh. was one of the it's obviously been held as like allegations towards just Buster, uh, Randolph was one of the people that took that case pro bono. And that's why they were adding speculation onto it. Because every time a problem happens with a Murdoch, fam- Murdoch family, the person that gets called first is Randolph. And obviously mm-hmm. he's the yep. person taking that case pro bono and getting it swept under the rug. A similar sort of fashion to how they came and tried to handle the boat case when they all came into the hospital and don't worry we've got this we've got that similar fashion to that and they knew they that was going to be a hard hard topic to cover well, and the boat, 
Yes, the boating incident. They knew that was going to be such a hard topic to cover. So do it immediately they had a play for it immediately you if you're not new to that you don't have a play for it so what i found yeah. really fast if that's the way that they handled that case that's the way that they handled alex's case too i don't think any family becomes that way overnight no it's definitely growth in the wrong yep. direction yeah. it, it's it it's so telling for busta and paul and them just calling and saying, hey, need a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. And these people came out in the documentaries saying, we know all it was was one call. And it was so taken care of. And I understand why they're talking out now, all the people that were so closely connected to the Murdoch's. But like I said in our very last podcast, before we knew the verdict, scares me for these people mm-hmm. but i think yeah. it's once the ball's rolling it's like a me too movement isn't it once people start mm. speaking out i think a lot more people feel safe yeah one, when, well, as soon as one person's spoken out then you notice that everyone yes. starts to jump in as well it's because like True. like it is it, it's, it's like anything for example like if you if you dole that right down to simplistic things yeah Something that you may do in your everyday life, but you don't yeah. tell your friends ages that you do it. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there and as a joke kind of thing, you'll say it and they'll go, I do that too. And you get that comfort of being like, no way, no, I actually do do that. And then, do you right. Know what I mean? right, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not until you say it or they say it, that it becomes a general discussion where you feel comfortable enough to talk about it. I think the same happens here. As soon as one person spoke out, it just had like a snowball effect for everyone else to finally do the same thing. The truth, the truth, the truth, it always prevails. It does. It always comes out. I think what possibly we could switch on next is everything. Let's go, Brian. Come on, let's go, Brian. Come on, let's come on, bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on (laughs) to us. 